Hello everyone, it's good to be back this week. I hope you had a great weekend and I hope you're practicing diligently and studying with correct effort. Today I wanted to go into, now that we've talked a little bit about in depth, the idea of the guide or the teacher uh, that we uh, practice with in Buddhism, there, there are certain mindsets that I want to share with people because you know, Buddhism is a culture. Uh, that's hence the reason why we have Sangha. Sangha allows us to understand the culture of the Buddhist mentality, of the Buddhist group, what we strive together as. Because obviously you have many communities uh, within your life. And each of those communities have a purpose for existing. And this is really important to understand with the Sangha. So with the Sangha, is a specific community that is focused on, of course the realization and study of the Buddhist teachings. And in order to do that, now again, a lot of people, as we were discussing with the guide relationship, a lot of this may be new to us because we're entering the Buddhist Sangha. Uh, even if you were born into an Asian culture or into an Asian country it or a Buddhist country, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a Buddhist. I've had to explain this to many people in Japan before because they assume because they're Japanese and the majority of Japanese people there are Buddhist that they understand Buddhism, but that's not correct. We should think of Buddhism as our community uh, and in many ways understand and embrace the culture of Buddhism because Buddhism has its own very distinct culture. And when we practice that distinct culture within our community of Buddhism, we are practicing the way of being a student of Buddhism. So a lot of times people, especially in the modern age, because communities of Buddhism are not uh, correctly understood. So a lot of times people treat Buddhism as a religion or hobby, which means when I say religion, you know, most people uh, keep a religion based on their culture or again, based on their communities, that the majority of people are Buddhist or their culture is Buddhist. They may, they may go to Buddhist temples, etc., and the same is with us as people who uh, were not born into those circumstances. You know, we have our own individual cultures, we have our own individual traditions, etc. However, when we become a Buddhist, we need to understand that we are entering our own, a different culture, and that once once we enter it, we're supposed to be we're supposed to live in that culture. So it's very important that when we begin to study Buddhism, especially as I was explaining the guide situation, a lot of times people uh, like to dip their toe in the pond but not actually get in the water. What that means is that they're willing to accept what is comfortable for them, culturally, uh, whatever they may think as far as their understanding of Buddhism or their, in, their perceived ideas of Buddhism, but they're not really willing to fully commit because a lot of times there is ego involved in that because the ego of saying, I'm an American, I'm this, I'm that, you know, the, the things that we identify with, we want to take that in our Buddhism, with Buddhism. And, you know, it's not that Buddhism can't uh, take those things in because those are naturally part of us. However, those are not sustaining things according to Buddhism. Uh, the Buddhist culture itself is built on very specific principles, okay? And that is the, the ultimately in the concept of the middle way. And, and that differs from a lot of different cultures. Because if you look at most cultures, most cultures uh, consider their culture to be the best. 
they like their traditions, etc. And of course, if you're born into a culture, you're comfortable with those things. However, to really practice Buddhism means to uh, understand and grow within the Sangha or community or Buddhist culture. And, and that doesn't mean, of course, always, you know, wearing Japanese Buddhist clothes or something, but Buddhist clothes. Uh, you know, when, when I wear my robes, uh, some Japanese uh, folks that I had met said, oh, you're very much like Japanese culture. Well, actually, Buddhism is my culture. And that's represented through a lot of different symbols and traditions, etc., which, as a Buddhist, I have adopted as my own. The great thing about Buddhism is that Buddhism assimilates. That's why we have so many uh, different styles of Buddhism. So you don't have to worry that, ultimately, each culture is going to be lost. But what will happen is that the sim- how do you say the certain habits and ways of expressing themselves will all the- ultimately be... Um, inculcated into Buddhism, right? So Buddhism is a great tradition because it actually adapts to the culture. But you don't do that with your mind. It naturally happens. So again, when we enter Buddhism, we need to know that we're entering a culture. So by saying, I don't like this, I don't like that, making these judgment calls before you've even gotten in the pond uh, is not going to really allow you to practice Buddhism. You still got a lot of things to let go of. You know, that's the idea of emptying emptying oneself. So when you find a great guide, you trust that guide to lead you uh, and show you the path through your life. But if, if you really want to walk the path, you, you can't bring all your stuff with you. You know, just think of this as a metaphorical way of thinking, you know, carrying all the things that you have that you wish that what you identify yourself, your haircut the music you listen to, the language you speak, all of that stuff is just more baggage. And as you know, when you go hiking, when you go trailing, you leave all that behind. And especially in spiritual practice, you go with nothing because you enter the mountain just as you were born, as being reborn with nothing, as we come into this world naked with nothing and we go out with nothing. Same idea, we enter the path of Buddhism through the gate, Uh, that we choose, and at that time we should leave those things. Because again, you're not losing anything. That's a very important concept of Buddhism. And again, Buddhist traditions, in in that they are, are ways of expressing the truths and understandings of our practice. So, you know, if you continue to bring and enforce your ideas and traditions and that onto a Buddhist community, it may not fit. And again, it's not that there's anything wrong with those things. It's just that later, as you, because they're always going to be a part of you, as you understand the path of Buddhism, those things will naturally uh, become part of the path of Buddhism. So that's why you can go to so many different Buddhist countries and see tons of different styles of Buddhism, different colors they use, different uh, clothing, etc. But again... Buddhism is not about the clothing, and Buddhism is not necessarily about the language or anything. Those are those are very uh, personal uh, ideas and personal attachments. So when we go into Buddhism, this is why I want to go into the six paramitas, the uh, six perfections of Buddhism, because this is a really clear path, and Master Tiantai uh, Ji talks about it all the time 
in relating everything to the six paramitas, because he basically says, without the six paramitas, if you're not cultivating the six paramitas in your practice, you're not part of the community, you're not practicing uh, Buddhism. And it even said, when we think about bodhisattvas, we think of bodhisattvas as Buddhas, but they have a different awakening of enlightenment, hence they can stay in this world and communicate with beings, right? Uh, Because they are able to see. Somebody had said that bodhisattvas, when something is blue, they see it as blue. But they understand within the context and understand of the practice what it really is. So therefore, they have the non-attachment and the realization of the emptiness and the conventionality and the middle way, etc., the threefold path. They understand that. But they're able to communicate with us because we see it as blue. They also see it as blue. They express it uh, and teach us through those things. So I want to talk about the six paramitas because I believe, and some people have said that the six paramitas are just things that you follow and you got to, if you follow one of them, the others fall in line. That's that's fine. That's a, that's a way that some people think about it. However, I'm just conveying to you uh, through my practice of how to actually use the six paramitas because actually the six paramitas are the, uh, you know, that are supposed to be in correlation with the Eightfold Path, right? Because you read the Eightfold Path, and of course these are all these really great things, nice things that you should have in your life, and to study them deeply. But again, in, in my mind, my understanding, you know, to be able to how to use them properly. And again, a guy, you need a guide to share that with you. But the Mahayana made the six paramitas. Now, just so for some background, you know, in the Theravadan tradition, they actually have ten paramitas, uh, which if you'd like to study that, you can go ahead. But we're going to use the six paramitas of Mahayana. And uh, as Master Ji has stated, you know, this is the lifeblood of a bodhisattva. So when a bodhisattva actually doesn't practice the bodhisattva, the uh, six paramitas, the six perfections, he actually will fall out of the realm of bodhisattva and lose all of their attainments. So it's interesting because people think, well, if I just become a bodhisattva, you know, I've done all I need to do and I don't have to, you know, keep managing it. It's like, you know, exercising, getting the body you want and then thinking, okay, I, I, I have this body, but forget the how you got that, how you got healthy, um, uh, how you got patient, calm, etc. And then you forget about uh, the awarenesses that are, are part of that, and then you fall back into bad habits. So the six paramitas, I think, are, I feel, and I use in my practice as a very useful practice, and, and this correlates with the idea of the guide and the student, okay? Because in order to enter Buddhism, you need to uh, understand and cultivate, contemplate these practices and actually follow them and, 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 how do you say, cultivate them in your life. And the first one is, of course, dana, which is ofuse in Japanese, which means generosity. Now, a lot of times at temples, you'll hear dana, ofuse, which most people automatically think about the donation that you put up front. There's a big part of this that, yes, because again, this is a conflict that we see in, in, in a, a lot of cultures um, that Buddhism has come to. Because you'll see an extreme difference between people of like East Asia uh, and Japan and those countries as far as Buddhist practice and, and how they 
show uh, generosity towards uh, the community. Because again, it's a community. So again, you know, with Westerners, especially Americans, we are really, uh, you know, severely independent. Uh, and we don't want to be part of, you know, we we kind of, we like being part of a community, but the individuality is really strong in ourselves. And and a lot of times we, you know, again, we have to challenge those perspectives. Um, it's not saying that what we believe or what we understand in America is incorrect. However, what it's saying is that in order to be a part of the Buddhist community, if you want to follow the complete path of Buddhism, you have to become a Buddhist practitioner. That means your culture uh, has to be Buddhism, which is interesting because, you know, many people, especially as they get older, become attached to culture. Why do you think that is? It's because they want some identification, some verification of who they are, some teaching, some morality, something. And this is, again, why we as Buddhists, we understand where we get those teachings from. We understand where we get those benefits from, and that's from the Buddhist teaching and the community, the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. Our teacher, Buddha, Dharma, the teaching, and Sangha, the, the community. A lot of people forget the community. So this idea of dana or ofuse, generosity, is actually the mindset that you need to have in order to practice Buddhism. Why do I say this? Because you have to have a mind of appreciation. They say in Japanese, arigatai, which means appreciation. What that means is that when you look around uh, at the people, you see appreciation. When you cultivate mindfulness, you're able to see and appreciate even minuscule things that people do uh, and see them. Because again, Buddhism is an awareness. It means to wake up, to see from ignorance. Ignorance is that cloudy fog of a haze that we live in. But when we wake up and we see, especially if we're being mindful uh, or contemplative of the concept of generosity, you know, this idea that when somebody interacts with us, this is why community is very important. Buddhism is not a solitary practice. It's a community practice. And again, when we uh, when we are able to see that generosity that other people give us, even, as you can see, uh, concerning Devidatta, which was the Buddhist cousin, which gave him tough or hard times, tried to kill him, tried to overthrow the Sangha, you know, was seemed like his stone in the shoe. He looked at him with the idea of appreciation, gratitude, and then, therefore, was able to express his generosity, which if you read the Devidatta chapter of the Lotus Sutra, he is expounding within that entire chapter the generosity he feels towards Devidatta. And when I think about generosity, because in order to express true generosity towards others, uh, which is the jumping point, I think, to studying and practicing Buddhism, because ultimately, you know, you may say, read the four Bodhisattva vows and say, I, I vow to save all sentient beings, however numerous they may be, you know, is an interesting thing that we don't, usually only the leader recites that. Why don't we recite that together? And I've been explained, which makes sense, that that's the Buddha's vow. That's where we want to get to. Because ultimately, uh, until we understand and practice and uphold the six paramitas, the six perfections, we can't comprehend that truth because we always look at everything through our own individualistic ignorance uh, and ego. So when we 
enter Buddhism, we need to have generos- the idea of generosity. What that means is that the great gifts that the Buddha has taught us, teaching us, the, the wisdom the Buddha shows us, are guides and community. That is our expression of generosity. And, and the really fascinating thing, uh, money. Why money is involved in Buddhism? Because obviously, you know, as a monk, I remember, uh, because I come from this culture, every religion is known from, you know, different churches, etc., trying to uh, keep these huge buildings taken care of, to the TV evangelistic preachers on TV, always asking for money. As George Carlin said, you know, doesn't, you know, God always seems to be asking for money, can't handle money. You know, and and so that's a real aversion for most folks, okay? However, we, again, that is your baggage. That is our baggage. And in order to enter a Buddhist culture, we need to let that baggage go. We need to see it in proper perspective. And we need to cultivate the correct use of generosity uh, and appreciation. So when we enter Buddhism, if we don't have a a clear idea of this, that when somebody does something for us, then we're just abiding in selfishness and ego. And and most people, and this is the way we enter into uh, Buddhism, the Buddhist path, is the idea of uh, aspiring to benefit others. But first, aspiring to benefit ourselves, that we're willing to give uh, appreciation or dana or fuse uh, to show that because we obviously equivalent uh, worth with money. That's what regular mundane people do. Now, you can say you're not attached to it, but you have to be because you have uh, bills, etc., unless you're not. But also, even if you don't have anything, I guarantee if someone gave you a million dollars, you'd probably go, well, I'll take the million dollars. So, I mean, you, you see value in money. So you can jump around in your head however you like. But the true mind that comes out is the true mind of appreciation that when one sees what, especially what is a value. So Buddhism is very much a value system. However, I see most people, and this is why most people are never able to practice Buddhism and hence they get frustrated because when they want to practice Buddhism, they are not thinking in the generous mind. They're thinking of what I can get so that I feel well, of course, the I, 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 ego, ego, ego. And therefore, uh, they'd rather buy an expensive Starbucks coffee than give a donation to the community, which is interesting because that shows a certain level of priority. It absolutely shows the mindset of what is of value in your life. It's really fascinating because myself, um, I had to understand that through my own life. And, And it's interesting because pretty much all of my and I appreciate my family for letting me do it. We we live very modestly, and that's fine with me because that's a really comfortable place to be uh, because my aspiration is to study Buddhism because that's the only real way I can help myself and help others. That the majority of our money goes into the Sangha community, but nobody knows about that, of course, right? And I'm just saying here, of course, not bragging, just for an explanation. I don't think or miss that money because naturally I feel so appreciative of the Buddha and what the Buddhist Sangha has done. And, and it's fascinating because even my family has said, 
what Buddhism has done, because they've known me for a long time, uh, what Buddhism has done for me. And then ultimately, because uh, it, it helps me, it helps them. Uh, so their appreciation of Buddhism is without reserve or without uh, stinginess. And, and it's really fascinating because people think they can receive the Dharma without dana, without giving. That's one of the issues with the internet, is that people just are takers. And, and with that mindset, you'll never uh, be able to understand the mind of appreciation. Because what you're willing to spend your time and money doing uh, sh shows your value. And again, in Buddhism, this is one of the ways that we enter the Dharma. Because if you can ups, ups, uphold and give your respect uh, to the Buddha, to the community. Now this is important, not just to the Buddha, but the Buddha is part of the community. That's one is why it's one of the three jewels. So it's the responsibility of the community to take care of the temple. Because the temple is ultimately a place of Buddhist study. okay, And also to take care of the guide. Because actually, you know, to... Uh, be a guide is a full-time job. It's a full-time, uh, how do you say, full-time uh, commitment, should I say. Because not only do I guide other people, but I have to study and practice myself in order to understand to correctly guide people. Because one of the things, and this is again, uh, appreciation. I appreciate the people who I study and practice with and who I guide that I wish to understand properly those things, that I am properly giving them the information and properly assisting them with that information in practice, and that I'm always deepening my learning and practice. You know, generosity is a, is a wonderful feeling. And, and I'm not talking about the generosity of just uh, donating money, but the generosity of being part of the community. However, we need to really think in realistic terms. So when you give to the community, when you give to the Sangha, you're giving towards the, the uh, teaching of enlightenment, the guiding of enlightenment to people. And I'll tell you something, in my life, I can't see anything else that's worth anything more than that. Because even if give people a million dollars, if they're ignorant, as we saw this many times with people in the lottery, they revert back to actually even more dangerous, abusive behavior. So money isn't the way to necessarily fix people. That's why, you know, teaching people, guiding people is the way that we can correct this world. So um, if we want to allow people to become whole and to find out the real meaning of their life and uh, to be able to change and improve their life towards the correct way of enlightenment, we should contribute to that. So I really would like all of you to think about this idea of dana ofuse, or uh, as we say, generosity, appreciation, and, and see if that's the mindset you're in. So when you're at the temple or even listening to this podcast, you know, if you, if you think about oh, just receiving and not giving, and, and giving, I'm going to leave that up to you, what you find through your idea of generosity Look at your mind, how you react. That that really tells you where you are in your practice of Buddhism. So the idea of generosity is entering the gate of Buddhism. 
and you can't enter the gate without true generosity mind of understanding appreciativeness of of all the beings of all the people of all the teachers of all the tradition and again to support that so i really hope all of you will take a moment again if you'd like to support our sangha our mission and you find this useful uh you can always send uh we accept dana and ofuse uh, you can send it through PayPal, seattlebuddhist.hotmail.com. We use it to help a lot of people. We, of course, maintain our sangha, uh, maintain our community, in which I hope you are uh, become a part of with us. Uh, extend out to other people, sending books, helping people in all kinds of needs. But also in the mind of generosity means to not consider yourself of, uh, it's not being in the mindset of, of how would you say poorness like for instance a lot of people the first thing they think i don't have money but generosity doesn't tell you what to give what generosity says is that you show your appreciation however you can that's what it really means so and i've seen people and it's always touching to me when we see people in different situations of life that really are in challenging situations but yet they're in, they have the most generous mind I'll tell you something, as a human being, without just a human being in general, that is something um, that just touches my heart uh, and shows the kind of progression and true mind of the person. So therefore, uh, we'll continue on next with the uh, next practice of the six paramitas. And for now, I thank you all for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Namu myoho gikyo.